Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Jets, episode 197. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be talking New York Jets football with you. Another week in the books. Another blowout loss to a division rival in the books. Did you live Groundhog's Day? No, it was back-to-back really bad performances against the Buffalo Bills and then the Miami Dolphins, division opponents in back-to-back weeks, things you just absolutely hate to see. We're going to talk about now what do the Jets do, the staff being safe, and we'll get into your voicemails. But before we do that, Merry Ballmas from our sponsors over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you the celebration is starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist and who else to bring it down the chimney than something from below the waist grooming the manscaped duh hello keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with manscaped's brand new performance package 5.0 ultra that's right the 5.0 ultra is the newest and the latest featuring the new lawnmower 5.0 watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true look nice when you're going naughty how about that by going to manscaped.com and use my p- promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0. Pick yourself up something nice, 20% off, and free shipping. G- unwrap the gift of smoothness this holiday season with Manscaped. Things you just absolutely love to see. Okay, let's hop into this episode number 197. The Jets get blown out again. This is something that happened twice in a row. And earlier in the season when they were losing games... They were losing close games, which was slightly better, but still frustrating because we saw, you know, a really good defense seemingly getting wasted by a really bad offense. But now you have back to back weeks where you just did not look competitive in the slightest. Uh, A 34 to 13 loss, the Jets. Oh, goodness gracious. The Jets just looked absolutely horrific. 34 13, 32 6. After losing 16-12 and 27-6 against the Chargers. The Chargers game on Monday night was the beginning of the downfall. Uh, And now they have a game coming up against the Atlanta Falcons, who I don't think are any good. But the Jets have scored 13-6-12-6 and 13 points each of the last five weeks. They haven't eclipsed 13 points in five weeks. I don't know what to say anymore. I really feel like a broken record. And the now what as the graphic for like what we're talking about in this segment almost feels too perfect because they are just not competitive. So are we just going to sit through the next six games and just wait? That's why I did Mock Draft Monday this week. We brought back Mock Draft Monday. I would have loved to do it in the offseason, but unfortunately we're bringing it back because the Jets show that they quit. That's what it looked like is this team has quit. And... You know, I'm having a really tough time hearing about, you know, how great practice was last week. And then CJ Mosley speaks and thought, oh, they, you know, we won the day as a team with Robert Sala coming in and his message and we're sticking together. Like, that that runs so hollow to me. Like, I get it. That is the right mindset from the coach's perspective and the player's perspective. I get it because we don't want it to see all toxic pointing fingers. He said, she said, you know, all that BS and go completely off the rails. I understand that part, but forgive me if it's not something I'm buying into because on Sundays or Fridays, apparently now too, they stink and they don't show up. 
especially on the offensive side of the football. So I don't really want to hear that it was the best week of practice because for the first two months of the year, we all heard how Zach Wilson was lighting it up at practice and eventually it's going to translate on game days, and it didn't. At least not to a level where they could consistently win games, and then they make a change to an absolutely unserious quarterback in Tim Boyle. Like, I get benching Zach Wilson. You want to say, like, we we have to do something for this team because... You know, this is the worst offense in the NFL right now. You know, they just put up 13, 6, 12, and 6 points. Like, changing the quarterback is one thing, but going to Tim Boyle, who is not rosterable, which is what I was saying about Tim Boyle back in April when they added him, was this is a practice squad quarterback who is going to help install the offense because he's been with Rodgers and Hackett. That should have been his job. He should have been sent on the pra- to the practice squad in September, waived in September. Basically, he is a warm body who is supposed to eat up time in the third and fourth quarter of preseason games who, who knows the offense. Like Every single team in the league has these quarterbacks, and then they all get sent to the practice squad or they get waived. The Jets said, no, we are going to keep him as QB three and once the injury happens to our QB one in Aaron Rodgers, we are going to make him QB two and not make a other move at all because that we feel more than comfortable with it. Well, they bring in Trevor Simeon, but they finally only activated him this past week and he is still QB two going into this game against Atlanta, but they are running back Tim Boyle to start this game. And I, I the, the reaction of see, you got what you wanted. They benched Zach, and it's not it's not Zach's fault. Well, nobody was asking for Tim Boyle. We Anybody could have told you Tim Boyle was going to also suck. It comes back to this staff's and this regime's just blind faith in the backup quarterback plan, and that's what it was. It was just blind faith, and it's so frustrating that, you know, a season with such high hopes and such high expectations – gets thrown off the rails because of just how bad, historically bad, a unit is on the offensive side of the ball. So what do the Jets do now? What is the plan now? Because they are not, and that's kind of what we're going to get into next year with Salah, Hackett, and Douglas. Nathaniel Hackett's coming back next year because Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year. And Joe Douglas and Robert Sala appear to be safe for next year, which is what we're going to get into. But what what is your plan? Because you could look at it one of two ways. That they're going to double and triple down on this thing again. Or you could just blow it up and say, we're starting it over. New new GM, new, you know, new regime, draft a quarterback to sit behind Rodgers in the first round. We're not going to go all in on 2020, on 2024, but... I think that's what they're going to do, which is what brings us into this next topic here, is that the staff, meaning the the main pieces, Hackett and Sala are safe, and that should mean that Joe Douglas is safe. Maybe that changes over the final six games. you got Atlanta, Houston, Miami, Washington, Cleveland, and New England. Maybe that changes if they continue to lose out and they finish at like four and freaking 13 and have the worst offense since the expansion Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 70s. Like maybe that changes, but I don't think so. I I, I don't think that it's going to. And that's not me taking a stance that it's the right thing to do to bring all these guys back and they did nothing wrong and it's under, you know, 
that's not me saying any of that. That's just me reacting to the situation and what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to bring these guys back and just go, ah, we got screwed by injuries. But this time, I would like them to take a little extra precautions on some of their you know things that have happened. For instance, like, I don't know, maybe let's not draft the defensive lineman in the first round. I would look to add a wide receiver or an offensive lineman in particular because this offensive line is downright abysmal. Um, and set yourself up to where you don't have to pivot to a Billy Turner or a Max Mitchell, who a Max Mitchell, the right side of the offensive line. Like, we want to talk about just how bad the unit is. Overall, it's not good, especially after all the injuries. It's really, really, really bad. But specifically, Max Mitchell and Xavier, Xavier Newman on the right side of the line have been so bad, so bad. Joe Tidman's been a really nice find. I think you found your center of the future. That's a plus. Like in Tomlinson resurrecting, you know, his Jets career from about game three on is a plus. Losing Makai Becton for a week, and we'll see if he plays in this game. Not ideal, but Makai's been okay at left tackle. You just, Max Mitch, if you just watch, forget center, left guard, left tackle. Right guard and right tackle are just, it is a joke. So you have AVT coming back. You got to bring someone else in. Like, you're going to have some draft picks. Use a bunch on the offensive line and wide receiver because right now the Jets wide receiver trio, because they benched down Lazard for this game against the Miami Dolphins, you have two undrafted free agents in your starting three. And I like uh, Xavier Gibson and uh, Jason Brownlee as like developmental pieces, but. As wide receiver six and seven, we're not talking about, you know, your number two and number three receiver. It's Gary Wilson and a bunch of nobodies right now. That 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 shouldn't be how it is. They they need an overhaul on that position. But Nathaniel Hackett is going to be back with Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to rub a, pe- a lot of people the wrong way. But you're just going to have to hope that Rodgers masks all of the deficiencies with Hackett because there are a lot of deficiencies with Nathaniel Hackett, as he's shown. Luckily, Rodgers should be able to do that because essentially Hackett just gives the formation. Rodgers goes to the line of scrimmage and, and calls the plays. Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson can't do that. But they need to add more this offseason on the offensive line and for playmakers at the wide receiver spot. The staff being safe is a little bit of a joke, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, because you're just going to be like, oh, well, this is who Rodgers wants. And I'm not saying don't go all in with Rodgers. I think you should. We're going to get into, I'm sure, all offseason, whether the Jets should take a quarterback or not in the first round. I'm That's not where I am right now. I think it should be a player who can help the offense immediately in 2024. Example, an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. I lean offensive tackle, but, you know, who knows? If you get up into Marvin Harrison Jr. territory, I don't see myself passing up on Marvin Harrison Jr. So we'll see what ends up happening. But biggest storyline from this week is Steph most likely coming back. So got to deal with that. Figure out a way to make it work with that. And now what? That's my feeling. Now what? With six games to go. Aaron Rodgers could be returning to practice soon, but will he come back and play if the Jets are out of it? He talked on McAfee yesterday and it was like the Jets kind of have to be in the mix. So we'll see there, I guess. that That's my takeaway is we'll freaking see. 
Let's go to your voicemails. We got some voicemails to get into reactions to this awful game against the Miami Dolphins uh, from this past week. Game coming up against uh, the Falcons and just overall now what? But let's just talk. We'll start Jay from Jersey talking about this Jets offense, which, as we know, is really bad. Hey, Matt. Jay from Jersey. Third quarter. <laughs> Third quarter. Eight minutes and 50 seconds left. Just want to say, Zach Wilson moved the ball better. That's all I'm going to say. This is, I know, old, I mean, horrible offensive line here, but this is just insane. I mean, this is, like, historically bad. I, I hope, look, I know injuries, everything else, but this is pathetic. Regardless of, I mean, at least Wilson would be mobile or something, man. I mean, I don't know. This is just absolutely pathetic. I can't I can't even watch this. I will watch it because I'm a, an idiot, but I mean, this is this is just so horrible, man. Um, I hope Hackett's gone after this game, honestly. He won't. I think I could call better plays. I don't even really it's just insane, but go Jets, right? <sighs> yeah, it's frustrating and you know what? For In the games, for instance, Vegas and the Chargers they moved it and were terrible in the red zone. He didn't move it against Buffalo. Boyle didn't really move the ball against Miami. Nobody wanted to see Tim Boyle, but I don't blame the Jets for making a change at the quarterback position, even though for the one millionth time, and I'm not saying this is what Jake from Jersey is saying, but just for the millionth time, multiple things could be true. The offensive line isn't good. The playmakers aren't good enough. The offensive coordinator stinks. And the quarterback also stinks. All those things have to happen for you to have a historically bad offense. It's not just one of those things. So it's all encompassing. Tim Boyle again against Atlanta. <laughs> how's that? How's that going to go? Uh, I think the Jets' defense is going to be able to create turnovers against Atlanta. I don't see Atlanta putting up thirty uh, on them, but I think you're looking at maybe another Vegas game. First to twenty wins. I hope they have a better plan this week because uh, Nate, Nate Hackett up in the box and Tim Boyle in, I don't think is going to be enough to, to cut it. Devin from Nevada. Up next. Let's do it. What's up, Matt? Uh, Devin from Nevada calling in uh, for the second time, man, just because the first one I feel like um, <laughs> just uh, such of a loss for words. There was a lot of, lot of uh, blank space, so if you can, I'm about to use this one. Uh, but yeah, you know, I called you uh, week two or week three. I know it was early of me, and I said that Hackett isn't the guy. And, um, you know, I know typical fan early stuff, but it's like, to be honest with you, it's like I don't just happen to – I don't just say those things. You know what I mean? Like I called you last year, and I said Mike LaFleur is not the guy. But I miss him. Dang, man, I miss Mike LaFleur. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. But, uh, you know, it's um, – at the end of the day, man, like, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to uh, play a kid's game. And it's just like, I have a hard time making excuses for, you know, the just ineptitude on offense, the absolute lack of creativity, just the, like, it's just like flat, just like flaccid, just like, can't get it up. It's <laughs> flaccid. No gas. <laughs> right? So I don't know what Sal was saying by all gas, no brakes. Um, uh, unfortunately, at this point, man, Sal's got to go. It sucks. I know uh, Rogers like Salah and uh, Hackett, but to be honest with you, man, this organization is bigger than Rogers. And uh, 
you, you can't tell me that we're just going to place Aaron Rodgers in there and then next year, like, all of our problems are solved. It's not that simple. And unfortunately, you know, when things get, like, this dark and this bad, like, as an NFL team or as a baseball team, as a basketball team, as a professional sports team, when things get this bad, it's like there's no turning back. You know what I mean? Like, there's not many managers that you can think of that start the season off uh, or just that fall on their face like this. You know, not many basketball coaches, managers, you know, in baseball that fall on their face like this and, like, get to get a fourth year, a fifth year. It's like, man, it's over. We tried it. It didn't work out. And, you know, that's one thing that sucks about the Jets, man, because it's like I get it. You know, we're a small town. Not small town, but, you know, we're the underdogs always. So, for example, when players do us right or this is that, we feel like we have we have to have, like, unquestioned loyalty for them for years. An example of that is, like, Xavier Gibson made one great play, game-winning play for us for sure. But after that, he's been terrible. And we traded away McCole Hardman, Hardman and gave the kid this kid the keys to the wide receiver room just off that. Last thing I want to talk about, man, is last week when Zach fell into Salah. I said, oh, man, it's over. <laughs> you know, life is funny, man, and that's God, the football God laughing with us, at us, whatever. But uh, it's just too symbolic, man. Funny. Uh, appreciate all you do. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving, brother. Thank you, man. Uh, much love, much support. Keep it up, bro. Go Jets. Somehow. Some way, some reason. <laughs> We're sick. We're sick in the head. Uh, thank you so much, Devin. Ho- I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, you and your family and your loved ones. Um, not wrong with Nathaniel Hackett, obviously. Um, I think it was more, I don't remember what I said at the time. It was probably like, let's try to be patient. But I was never like over the moon excited about Hackett without Rodgers. But I think a really good quarterback masks a lot of problems. And while I agree that just uh, insert Rodgers, expect everything to be fine, isn't a good plan. They need to continue to add on the offensive line and wide receiver rooms to have a chance next year. Again, I get it. Hackett stinks, but I don't think they're that far away where it's unfixable. There are pieces to be excited about on this offensive line. I know AVT is coming off the injury, but that's why you add more. You could draft a guard in the mid rounds. Uh, you could draft an offensive tackle in the first round. You have to have, bring back Connor McGovern, like things like that to ensure that if injuries come up, you could survive. But there are pieces to having an okay offensive line. Like there's a world where maybe you do. Let's just, again, spitball. And we have so much time to really break this down. But what if it's Becton left tackle, Tomlinson left guard, Joe Tipman center, AVT right guard, rookie first rounder at right tackle next year? Is that not an improved, a massively improved offensive line? It could be. Or insert free agent, you know, they're at a Devontae Adams trade or sign T Higgins or sign Mike Evans, something like that. The defense is pretty much good. You don't really have to do much to that, to that defense. You're pretty much just like status quo. Let's keep that group together. And it's just about adding on the offensive line and the wide receiver room. In my opinion, I think that's the the next thing, the next step here. That's what you have to do. (sighs) Easier said than done. Of course, let's go Bart. 
uh, calling in from Long Island. Matt, this is Bart from Long Beach, Long Island. What's Listen, up, man? man? This is disgusting. I just want to know what you think as far as how do you keep the fans in it at this point? What is the optimism? We are locked in here with Hackett, who clearly sucks. We're under Rogers' mandate of keeping these guys on board, the Cobbs, the the Lazards, the non-productive, terrible players who have made this team shit. So where do we go from here? Well, what's the optimism? Are we going to be good next year? This year's clearly shot. Well, what are you thinking? Thanks. Yeah, man, it really sucks, but it, you're, we're approaching another December where it's going to be looking towards next year, and I'm tired of that shit. Uh, you know, last year the Jets were, what, 7-4? and four? And Now they're 4-7. and seven. Last year at 7-4, and four, it was, all right, they got they got a shot to do to still do something, even though, you know, you made the quarterback changes. Like, all right, let's just get to the playoffs and this drought. They didn't. They lost their next six games. And now this year, you are 4-7. and seven and have a historically bad offense. So your hope is that Aaron Rodgers comes back and is damn good, and I think that he is going to come back. I think the Jets should go into 2024 and try to win. I'm not uh, someone who's saying they got to be half in, half out. Let's like, hey, bring Rodgers back, but we're going to take a first-round quarterback and be like really hedge our bets and go for future and just hope that Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, and Joe Douglas look a lot better when you insert a really damn good quarterback into the mix. Because a good quarterback, again, can mask a lot of your issues. Let's go to Weston from Florida. He wants to go. He wants to know, now what do we do? Hey, Matt. This is Weston from Florida. And I want to say this is like the fourth or fifth time I've called the show. Funnily enough, I think the last time was asking if uh, Brandon Cooks would be a good receiver to pair with Sam Darnold, which should date the last call Damn. pretty darn well. Anyway, <laughs> Welcome back, then. <laughs> so, Jets just got killed by the Dolphins, obviously. I'm honestly a little surprised they kept it within 30, so good job defense for that. I really thought it was going to be worse than that somehow. And obviously, offensively, they looked awful. Tim Boyle changed nothing. The problems still remain. Receivers can't get open. The run game is a non-factor. The offensive line is garbage. And Nathaniel Hackett cannot coordinate anything to save his life. Nope. Here's the question I have for you, because you obviously in the video talk about who can they start going into the Falcons game. And do you think, or I guess I should say, what do you think would make the locker room fracture more? If you go with Tim Boyle for a second game, despite the fact that he just did not even look like an NFL quarterback for this game. He's not. If you try to go with your third different starting quarterback in as many weeks with Trevor Simeon, or... If you have to hat in hand, go crawling back to Zach Wilson and say, "Hey, my bad. I guess it wasn't you." God, we don't deserve this as a fan base. Anyway, thank you for taking the call. As always, go Jets. Yeah, I appreciate you calling back in, West, and please uh, don't be a stranger here. Uh, my preference would be going to Simeon. I'm not, you know, sitting here and saying that Trevor Simeon is the savior of this franchise. He's going to come in and the Jets are going to rattle off six straight wins. I hear what the folks are saying with Zach Wilson, with his mobility and pure arm talent, with this potential ceiling being the highest. I don't disagree with ceiling. The reason why they made the switch is coaches, I think, sometimes care more about floors than ceiling. You look at, you know, why teams play veterans over rookies and why, you know, Izzy Abanacanda can't get on the field even though he has a higher ceiling. They worry about his floor not being able to pass protect 
or you know uh, you know Randall Cobb getting reps and Alan Lazard getting so many reps and CJ Uzama getting reps is I think if a coach knows what the absolute bare minimum is from you that it makes their life a little bit easier now unfortunately Tim Boyle I think they severely miscalculated what Tim Boyle is and in my again this is just my opinion but I think the only reason why he played was because he knows the system, which is just so stupid that NFL teams do that all the time, all the time. It's like, oh, th- this guy, no, he wasn't any good in my system, but he knows it. So let's play him. If you're going to make the switch, I think Trevor Simeon is the best option because when you look at how he's produced in the NFL over the course of his career, numbers wise, not skill set wise, numbers wise, he's the best of the three. Skill set wise, obviously Zach has the most talent. No, the problem with Zach or the issue with Zach was never anyone doubting his talent. I never doubted his talent. I thought he had immense talent. That's part of the reason why I wanted the Jets to draft him second overall. It's the other parts and the other aspects of his game. And I don't think you can go back to Zach Wilson at this point now. They probably will at some point because it's never that simple, but Tim Boyle is completely unserious. And it wouldn't shock me if the Jets make a change at halftime because th- there's no way that Tim Boyle is going to keep them in this game. Constantine. What's Constantine got for us? Constantine, how are you, my friend? Hey, Matty. It's Constantine from PA. I guess uh, I'm out of the uh, penalty box for uh, un-Jets fans-like conduct. Uh, anyway, so what? <laughs> what I'm thankful for, my family, you know, uh, my little girl Sparta, everything is good on that end. What I'm not thankful for is that debacle of the game we played yesterday against Miami on the first ever Black Friday game. Uh, it was embarrassing. Uh, the bottom line is that the Jets have thrown in the towel. It's official. I don't understand how on that return for a touchdown just before the half. But 99 yards, mind you, on a Hail Mary attempt, uh, none of the Jets even tried to tackle the guy. They were all, like, flopping like fish. Um, It's a complete embarrassment. Uh, This season is done. We don't have to worry about if Rodgers comes back, because if he comes back, then it's going to be a publicity stunt in my eyes. Because what's the point of coming back? There's no offensive line to protect them. Uh, None of the players really want to step up and play, really. Uh, It looks like Garrett Wilson's pretty much thrown in a towel. Like, you know, why the hell am I out here busting my ass when everybody else is just, you know, basically lollygagging around me? Um, It's a complete embarrassment. It really is. And... I have no sympathy for Douglas. I have no sympathy for Sala. I think Sala's given up. It's obvious to me. It doesn't even look like he wants to coach on that sideline. So, uh, looking forward to the future, I'm really not. I'm really not. I think we're just going to be the same old Jets again next year because we just follow the same formula. We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. The organization is crazy. They're insane. Uh, we've never had any kind of leadership when it comes to the top brass. And as far as our quarterbacks are concerned, they've been nothing but garbage since Namath. Okay? So I'm just going to speak my mind and say what I have to say as a Jet fan. 
I think they suck. Um, I don't even know if I want to watch them anymore. I understand. I'm not going to waste my time or my weekends. So I'm thankful for, you know, this opportunity to be able also to, uh, you know, kind of lay out how I feel about the Jets and all. But the bottom line is this season is lost. And to my man, Jay from Jersey, I appreciate the shout-out, bro. If you ever want to look me up, you could look me up on Messenger. First first name, Constantine. Last name, H-I-O-T-I-S. Everybody, peace out. Ha- happy holidays. Probably won't be hearing from me again in a while. Oh, Constantine. He's taking it hard. I, I understand, Constantine. I understand your frustration. I really do. Uh, not looking forward to next year. That uh, Look, that's just what we do. It's never... Hey, the right now, because they're in a 13-year playoff drought. It's, oh, let's see how, you know, let's play the offseason game where we do the mock drafts and the mock signings and the get our hopes up part. That's where the Jets thrive. Offseason champions, 14 freaking years running. Um, Yeah, it, it's, I, I think Sala and Douglas and Hackett are all coming back. I'm not saying that, you know, I necessarily agree with that decision. I just think that's what the Jets are going to do. And I think they're going to put their chips to the table and try to add pieces around Rodgers and try to make it work. I think they brought him here. He only got four plays. I don't think they're going to bail on that plan after the four plays. I just hope that they have more offensive line and weapons to go around them. Constantine, I hope we don't lose you, man. I hope we still hear from you. Billy is up next. He's, he's got a different idea for blame, apparently. All right, let's, let's hear out Billy. Hello, Matthew O'Leary. Billy Bilstein's here. See, I did it really fast. I would like to know, I want an answer, how you, Matthew O'Leary, can just sit there in that seat with that microphone while the Jets have lost four games in a row. You just sit there. And you talk into that microphone. Uh-huh. Don't you think that you have a responsibility to do more to help the Jets? I do not know how sitting there in that seat, talking into that microphone, is helping the situation. Do something, Matthew O'Leary. I believe in you. Uh, and now you do nothing. <laughs> Don't you think? Do you figure it out? You figure it out. Do something, Matthew O'Leary. Do something. Bill, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to say lay off eating the lead paint that's peeling from your walls. Um, there's asbestos in the ceiling, mercury poisoning, whatever is going on with you. Uh, because I, I, I'm glad about technology increases over time because some generations had to like, I don't know, they, they paint with full lead poisoning. They lived in houses with asbestos uh, and used it as insulation. And uh, yeah, like the, what was it? The, the mercury and the tuna, like all that, all that stuff. So. Good luck to you, Billy. Jesus. PG, let's go. Hello, Matt. It's PG from Long Island. I just want to talk about, you know, how I think I've seen a lot of improvement from Ashlyn Davis this year. 
He has. No, that's not really what I'm talking about. <laughs> he has, though. Uh, last year, last week we spoke, I said uh, that there's no way Salah and Douglas are being gone this year. But I got to say, uh, if we keep seeing performances like this, where the game starts with a five-yard backup for loss by uh, Quincy Williams, and then one of our players, Jefferson, headbutts the player, and it becomes, yeah, that was bad. you know, a 15-yard penalty. What's going on? And ultimately, Salah is responsible. And you had Undisciplined. a seven-game losing streak to end the year when we were sniffing the playoffs, and the team just looks unprepared, undisciplined. There's no – he's again, he's not the offensive coordinator, but his, he's ultimately responsible. He's got to do something. There's no creativity. There's no sense of urgency. Team itself is just, I mean, the defense, you see that the, the wind's out of their sails. And, you know, why Why would, you know, um, Bryce Huff even resign with this team? We haven't gotten him on the contract. You think the way this season is going and, and how it could possibly go the rest of the year, he's going to want to resign? So I think if this just continues this downward slope and this this horrible horrible play, maybe keep Joe Douglas and 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 replace uh, Salah because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is married to Salah. Both probably liked him. I liked him. I liked the hire. Don't want to pretend I didn't. I thought it was a great hire, but he just has not done the job. Has not done the job at all. And I'm just wondering what uh, your thoughts. You think it's possible they actually move on from Salah? Because it's looking like they should. I mean, it's almost like bring bring Todd Bowles back for God's sake. Anyway, that's my thoughts, and I'll say it. You know where where we are. Go Jets. Yeah, you know, while we could talk about like how bad Bowles was, and he was really bad. I, I don't think he was. Um, all, I don't think he was a very good head coach. I really don't. I think he's extremely flawed. Uh, I think Mike McCagnin was really bad. Here's the reality. Robert Sala is 15-30 and 30 for the New York Jets. 4-13, and 7-10, and 10, and right now 4-7. and seven. Joe Douglas has been the GM since 2019. I know that he had, you know, didn't really have the 2019 draft, so some don't count the seven and nine year, but they probably should, because he is 24 and 53 as GM of the Jets. Now, there's a lot of th- things that both of the guys have done that I've liked. There's also some things that they have done that I didn't like. That's why I say for both those guys, if they get let go, I do not feel sorry and will not feel sorry for them because they brought this on themselves they are undisciplined they did not have a real plan after Aaron Rodgers went down I think they deserve to be held accountable for that I don't think they will I think they're both back next year let's do Caden calling from upstate New York he has a mock draft for us hey Matt this is Caden Smith calling in from upstate New York what's up afternoon calling in after watching competent offenses on Sunday like the Steelers sucks. were able to get over 400 yards for the first time, and I don't remember what the Broncos had built a long time. I'm going to pause for a second. I usually just let them play. But that's a great point. The Steelers fired their offensive coordinator. Matt Canada stinks, by the way. He was terrible. They fired the OC, and with Kenny Pickett, who I think is 
horrible. I think he, they are probably going to find a different quarterback in the offseason. The Pittsburgh Steelers, because of their head coach and because of how good they are, at co- or how well they're coached, rather, are in the mix, and they are 7-4 and four without any sort of offense and they figure it out to, to where they can put up over 400 yards with Kenny, a Kenny Pickett-led offense. I apologize for pausing, Caden. Let's get back to your mock draft. But I thought that was very good of you to bring up because that is so incredibly frustrating. These other teams can do it. Why can't the Jets? And, like, the Bills and Eagles who scored, like, over 30 points and our offense can barely score a touchdown. It's just sad, pathetic after watching the Dolphins Dolphin game, but how good of our effort our defense gave, especially early on. Got two picks. One, one was a pick six, kept us in this game for a while, and the hell, ma- hell Mary. And oh my gosh. Um, and I say that as not happy as. A, uh, never mind. But anyways, it was just rough having to see that and just getting obliterating. And it was just obvious at the end that the defense just gave up because I agree. they know there's nothing else they can do. They just, they are tired out. So it's just sad. And I feel horrible for this defense because they deserve so much better than this. And Garrett and Breeze too, they are studs and they are being wasted on a pathetic offense. But anyways, that's not the point of my call. I had a quick mock draft that I wanted to run over and get your thoughts with and stuff like that. So first, this was actually done a couple, like, two days ago. So how PFF, or no, PFF, it was Pro Football Network, had the draft um, numbers ranked was different. But we were at pick number 10 then, and I selected Romo Dunze out of Washington. Um, Wide receiver. He's a great player. I mean, if you see his college highlights, oh, my gosh, like that kid can make some plays. And him crossing Garrett, that would be a lethal wide receiver, wide receiver room. Then at pick 83, I did some trades. I think I traded down from the original pick. Um, I took a, a tackle out of Yale. I don't know his name. Kieran Amajagetti. Okay. I don't know much about him, but I have actually heard some things. I think he was one of the first players to actually declare for the draft this year. So I guess we'll see how he does. We have another receiver in the fourth, Devontae Walker, someone who's also putting up great stats at UNC. So just loading up on weapons. Um, another pick in the fourth round I got it. We go Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Had like a lot of hype a couple of years ago as a first round prospect, but fell off. But who knows? Maybe it's someone we can sit behind Rodgers and he can grow. A couple picks later, I go Tyke Smith, safety from Georgia. Just try to at least grab something for the defense because I think safety is still our worst spot. And then in like the fifth round, I go center from Miami, Matthew Lee, somebody who's actually a highly recruited prospect for a while. So we'll see. Maybe we can just develop him as a back of the lineman. But Anyways, I just want to see a competent offense, and at this point, fire hack it. There's no other way. So, thanks for taking my call, and go Jets, I guess. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Uh, so, a couple of things. I like the mindset of your mock draft. Uh, the quarterback you mentioned, it, it, this was not known at the time, but he's going back to school and entering the transfer portal, so he's not going to come out. But... I am there. In my first mock, I had Quinn Ewers, but that's another guy who very well could end up either back at Texas or in the transfer portal. But the thought of adding a mid-round quarterback to sit um, and potentially develop, and that doesn't you know stop you from drafting a quarterback the following year if need be. Um, but I think it's important to take swings, and I do think it's important to add both weapons and offensive line help. I 
probably lean taking offensive line in the first round rather than trading back and taking in the second round. But I think there's a world where that could absolutely work. That's not bad. Uh, I like the direction with that mock. I think that's a similar direction to what I would go. Uh, Let's close out with good buddy Travis from Ohio. He makes his return. Hey, Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey, tell your um, future father-in-law that I said congrats. (laughs) I know he's a Michigan guy. Good memory. So I will let him know. Anyhow, along the same lines, can Justin Cordell Patterson? He's the only third-string quarterback to win the championship, so... Probably better than anything else we got. I didn't even watch the freaking game on Black Friday, and because I already lucky knew you exactly how it was going to play out. Uh, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised that we gave the effort we did when we let Tim Boyle. So, anywho, two things real quick. Um, one, we got to lock up Bryce Huff. Amen. Right now in the offseason transition tag is my preference but we still have to franchise tag whatever we gotta do give him the loss in contract and then we got um, um, Johnson and uh, 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 McDonald in the pipeline so you know keep our good guys and then two with with all the quarterback injuries I'm not even going to get through them all would you rather we lose Rodgers beginning of the year or now? Which one would hurt more for you? I mean, we yeah. might see Rodgers back, but it might be to- too little, too late. So, anyhow, and would you rather have Joe Burrow when he can't finish the season, but when he does, he he'll get you the Super Bowl or? play balls out against the Chiefs every time. Anywho, that's the boat we're in. Again, same team, different year. So, love you, brother. Good Jets, and uh, tell that future in-law yours, congrats again. <laughs> hope they win it now. Bye. Thank you, man. Much appreciated, Travis. Few thoughts. One, I do feel bad for Burrow. I, I think he's just so talented, and the league is so much better when the stars are in it and playing. Uh, also, for the other point, uh, I probably both scenarios suck, right? Losing Rodgers, and maybe you get him back, but I think I would rather lose him like now, and at least you could have saw what this thing could really look like. Because who knows? Maybe the Jets would have been like 7-4 and four instead of 4-7. and seven, Or probably better than that. Maybe even 8-3, and three, let's say. And that would have stunk, right? To lose him, get your hopes up, and then you lose him. But at least you would have been able to see it. Four plays is just a tease. Four plays is even more of a tease, if you ask me. So I'm rooting for him to come back. I don't know if he's going to come back and play this year. I do think he's the starting quarterback week one in 2024. And we'll go from there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is therapeutic for me as well. I know it's therapeutic for you. I just wanted to mention, please make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show. Leave a like, rating, or review. That really helps out. And I appreciate you. We'll be back next time. But for now, I'm Matt O'Leary.